Welcome to It Just Means Less, where we talk all things SEC sports. Here are your hosts, Wells Perigen and Jacob Holman. What's up, everybody? My name is Wells Perigen, and this is the inaugural episode of It Just Means Less. I'm here with my co-host, Jacob Holman. What's going on, everybody? You know, SEC Media Day is just wrapped up, and there are still so many questions surrounding this upcoming football season. One of which is, as have we ever seen a year where the top four teams in the SEC in the SEC have so many question marks at QB? Yeah, well, so I definitely, I definitely don't think I've um, seen one in recent years that I can remember. No, I agree. I mean, you, you would, you would figure that the only non-battle of the top four teams is LSU with Jane Daniels. I mean, SEC West championships last year, SEC West champions last year. So you know he's got that position unlocked. But then you turn around and you look at Georgia, you look at Alabama, and even Tennessee. I mean, they're still just you know, we know so many uncertainties. Or you look at Joe Milton. Everybody assumes it's going to be him. But, you know, he doesn't have a lot of experience. He's still pretty unproven. Right. Yeah. I think um, I think Alabama's a big question mark, too, you know, um, with Milrow coming in those four games for Bryce when he was hurt against Arkansas. And then, you know, Ty Simpson having the, having the um, you know, run of the mill time against the, the little teams when you're up by 40. Um, and then, you know, Tyler Buckner coming in from Notre Dame. You know, he was a starter there last year. So it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Yeah, with Buckner, you know, Tommy Reese coming over from Notre Dame, yeah. being the offense quarter there last year. You know, that you feel like that gives him a little bit of an advantage. But at the same time, Milrow does have SEC experience. And, you know, he came in there and he didn't lose ball games. Right. You, we can talk about he didn't play well. But at the same time, we've seen in recent memory with some of the quarterbacks that Alabama's had, it's early, especially early in the Nick Saban area, that you just got to game manage. Right. If you can get game manage, they are going to scheme you open and they're going to help you make plays. So, you know, and then we go look at Georgia. You could almost say the same thing with Georgia. I mean, Stetson Bennett, early in his career, definitely was game managing. Now, you could definitely argue last year, you know, he's a, he was a playmaker. And, you know, I've seen videos at Rams training camp where he looks like he's spending it really well. So, you know, we don't really know what's going on with Georgia this year with Carson Beck. I mean, everybody assumes it, but Gunnar Stockton could be able to run for money. Who, what's your opinion on that, Jacob? I think I think Beck is going to have that um... – in the bag, in my opinion, I think Georgia, Georgia's, you know, like you talked about Alabama, they, you know, they had their their game managers, but I think Georgia's got so many playmakers around the quarterback that I don't really think it matters who's going to be at quarterback, but I think Beck is the the shoe in for that for that position. You know, we talked about seems to be what the clear level one is in the SEC. Um, you know, I think there's three levels in the SEC this year. Obviously, um, section one is definitely going to be Alabama, LSU, Tennessee, and Georgia. And then I think Section 2 is really wide open. you got teams in the east like South Carolina and Kentucky. And then in the west, you got Auburn, Arkansas, Mississippi State, and I would say Ole Miss. You know, there's a lot of question marks regarding all – you could say all of them. You know, Auburn, what is Freeze going to look like in his first year? Mississippi State, you know, same thing with Zach Garnett. And what kind of offense are they, will they be running next year? Ole Miss, you know, they brought in every transfer in the, in the transfer quarterback in the country and still has Jackson Dart coming back. So what's going to go on at their quarterback job? You know, South Carolina seems to be pretty proven. I'd say the same thing with Arkansas. But can those guys take the next step is a big question. And the Kentucky is just Mr. Consistent. With Devin Leary transferring in, you feel like they're going to be a, a team to reckon with and a team that could, you know, could provide some upsets during the year. And then under that, I would give it to, uh, you know, A&M. I'm just not high on A&M. You know, I don't know if there's anybody that do, does less with more in the SEC right now other than yeah. Jimbo Fisher. Sure. And then Missouri, Florida, and Vandy are going to round out the bottom of my t- um bottom of my tiers, I'd say. What about you, Jacob? Where do you see everybody lining up this year? Yeah, I would say four for me. Um, 
I'm a little bit higher on a and I think, than you might be, Wells. But for my top four, it's going to be the same as yours, uh, Alabama, Tennessee, LSU, and Georgia. Um, I think those four are kind of the ones that you think are going to win it every year. And then for level two, I have Arkansas, South Carolina, Auburn, Ole Miss, and Kentucky. Um, I think Kentucky is going to be like a middle of the pack, seven to five is what I have them at. Um, Ole Miss, you know, having Spencer Sanders right from Oklahoma State. That's been Transferred in, that's yeah. correct. Um, then Jackson Dart coming back. I think I think quarterback's not going to be a big issue for them. I think, you know, with Pete Golding now as, de- as defensive coordinator, you know, you saw last year at Alabama his, um, his defenses weren't always – the ones that gave up the fewest amount of points. Um, so I think I think the defense will be the question for Ole Miss this year. You know, Auburn, I don't know about um, Hugh Freeze. You know, he's a proven winner in the SEC, but, you know, new new place and then a place with the heritage like and tradition like Auburn, um, that's just uh, going to be a tough challenge. And then for South Carolina, you know, I think if they end the year like they did this past season, you know, with Rattler being as hot as he was, I think they're going to be uh, somebody that's, that's a force to reckon with in the East for sure. And then Arkansas, I'm pretty high on Arkansas. I think KJ Jefferson and um and Sam Pittman are going to figure it out this year. So level three for me, I have A and M and Mississippi State. I think they're kind of the same almost. Um, I think Jimbo, you know, if he can go six and six, maybe can not. I think he's on the hot seat. Does he but, does he have still have a job if he goes six and six? What do you think? I I think if that I think if one of those six wins is Alabama, I think he's staying. I think I think he would have a chance All to stay. Right, let me post something to you. You know, he opens up with uh, I think it's a nobody, and then we have Miami, and then another non-conference game, and then Auburn. If he is two and two after them games, how hot is that seat right now? And do you think he can afford to lose anything after that? I I don't I don't think so. I think two and two would probably he may be gone after that Auburn game if he if they're two and two after those first four, and so level four or I have Mississippi State at. Six and six. Um, I think I put them at six and six because it's kind of a baseline, in my opinion. I think they're gonna be. I think they're gonna be okay. I think Will Rogers is Will Rogers, um, but under that new offense, you know, I think Zach Arnett still got to prove himself as a head coach. Um, so I, I have them there, and then level four for me is gonna be Florida, Vandy, and Missouri. I think Florida is just gonna kind of fall off a little bit just because Anthony Richardson's gone now. Um, and then Vandy, I got Vandy at five and seven. I think Clark Lee is going to have them um, a little bit better than they were last year, but still not up to, you know, the six and six par that a lot of SEC teams can be at least. And then Missouri, I just don't really have any faith in Missouri. Uh, never really have, to be honest with you. But um, I'm not really high on Missouri this year. You know, I kind of agree. I think Vanderbilt's an interesting thing because, you know, they just gave was it Clark Lee, Clark Lee? Yeah, Lee. Uh, an extension the other day, which, you know, He's only been the coach there one year, so that's that kind of seemed to jump the gun a little bit. Right. But at the same time, you know, Vanderbilt's one of them jobs where you can sit there. If you go six and six, if you can make it to seven and five, eight sure. and four, you can live comfortably there. They're not. They're never trying to compete for championships. They're just happy to win a few ball games, a few SEC games this year. I mean, when you looked at them storming the field, single file line last year after beating Florida, that kind of tells the whole story to me. Yeah, I a can, little sidebar from that. You know, a few years ago, it was either last year or the year before when they played UConn at home. Seats on the front row behind the on in the end zone were going for one dollar. You know that just kind of shows you the tradition of Vanderbilt football, in my opinion. Which is a shame, you know. Back then, when they had James Franklin, they were an eight and four, nine and three team, and uh, you know, you see, the kind of coaches out at Penn State have been pretty successful up there. But so, sure. you, I mean, what he did at Vanderbilt was pretty remarkable. I kind of agree with you about the Mississippi State. I think you know, I see seven and five for two words, Will Rogers. You know, but the same question could be said 
was Will Rogers good because of the system he was in last year? Right. And I, I don't think that's the case. I think he definitely had some of the, the um, stats because of that. But I still think he is a, you know, he's top three in the SEC quarterbacks in my opinion right now. I don't know what you if you would agree on that. Yeah, I would say top three. I think um, I think behind. I don't really want to name names, but I think he. I would say top three probably for sure. You know, and that's the thing. I think he's definitely the number one pure passer in the SEC right now. Absolutely. I think if you throw, throw him on an Alabama, an LSU, a tenant, any of them schools that we talked about having quarterback battles out there, right. if he was on their rosters, <clears throat> I really do not think it would be a competition in all them. I, I, you know, I'd even go too far to say that he'd give – if it would have been him and Jane Daniels at LSU last year, I think he would have got the nod. And, you know, who would have known? You know, they might not have won the SEC right. West last year at them. Um. Both of us have LSU. I mean, sorry, Georgia finishing the year eleven and one with losses to Tennessee. But do you think there's anybody else on that schedule that could give Georgia a run for their money? I mean, it's a pretty easy schedule outside of that Tennessee game. Yeah, you know, most of their most of their tougher games are going to be at home. Um, I think, I think I got to give it to South Carolina. Um, I think South Carolina would be the team for me that would give them a run for their money. Um, you know, with Rattler and his experience in the Big 12 at being at Oklahoma, um, and then this past season finishing the finishing the way he did against um, Clemson, and then you know close game against Notre Dame. I know I know that game. I know they lost that bowl game, right? Yes, they did. But, I think um, at the very last second, right? But you know, with how with how he played in those games, um, and, and then the one against Tennessee at home, you know how he played there. I think as South Carolina would be the team that could walk into walk into Sanford Stadium and maybe give Georgia an upset. No, no doubt. I agree. I think if this game was definitely in Columbia, I think that would definitely be my choice. But the game being, you know, in the hedge between the hedges, it's the first SEC game for Georgia, so that could li- give a little bit of a question for Carson Beck at quarterback. I think I'm going to have to go. Maybe I think there's three options for me. I think Auburn could be one. That'll be their second SEC game. Just yeah. Carson Beck. The main thing is. A lot of stuff can happen in Jordan-Hare Stadium. Sure. And, you know, if Carson Beck has it figured out at that point, right. um, then you look at Kentucky, and I think I'm going to give the nod to Kentucky here just because I feel like Devin Leary is a really good quarterback. I feel like Mark Stoops always is going to have that competitive team. And it's still readily early in the season, October 7th. I almost said uh, Ole Miss down there on November 11th. But the thing is, I believe by that point – Georgia's going to have everything figured out. Yeah. I think Kirby Starts too good of a coach to have quarterback issues, you know, November 11th. So that's why I think I'm going to go with Kentucky there. I'd really like to say Georgia Tech. I just don't really think that's ever going to happen anytime soon. Um, I missed the triple option days in Georgia Tech. <laughs> let me say that much. You know, that kind of leads into our next question. You know, we have – you assume that whoever can give Georgia a run for their money might be a dark horse to win the SEC. Is there any other teams outside of South Carolina that you have as a dark horse for the SEC? Um, you know, I I could say Arkansas. Um, I think right. that one would be a lot of experience be, there. A lot of experience there. Where you know, with Sam Pittman being there for it's just his fourth year. I think so. And year. they also, I'd argue right now, looking into it, they got the best. Oh, well, I was going to say backfield with Kedrick okay. Jefferson and Rock Sanders yeah, back for sure. You know, Jaden Hazelwood transferred in from Oklahoma. Is that I think right? right. You know, yeah. I was looking, doing a little uh, scouting today, and they lost very little production. I think they lost. They're tied in and maybe their fourth receiver, and that was it on the offensive saw. And then on defense, the main thing was Drew Sanders. So yeah. they're definitely going to be an experienced group. Um, you know, I didn't give South Carolina the nod on the – could they be the team that could be, give Georgia a run for the money, but I think they're going to be my dark horse. 
it's the same boat as Georgia, really. I mean, I think Shane Beamer has a long is going to be a coach in the SEC for a long time. He seems to have his players excited to play for him. He's doing really good on the recruitment trail, and I think they're in the same boat as our. I mean, Arkansas. They just got experience everywhere, and like I said, they finished the year hot. If they can bring in this year, then I think they got a really good chance. They definitely have a lot of hype around them. With you know, with nowadays a lot of the hype comes from social media. Um, you know, their their Twitter pages and their TikToks are just very phenomenal. funny. Yeah, you know, I think it's good at reaching, you know, the people our age and just trying to get people get fans of South Carolina, not just football, but the university in itself. Just get them excited for for what can happen, you know, they 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 were proven last year toward the end of the season, you know, beating Clemson and then beating Tennessee. I think they have the pieces. It's just can they put it all together at the right time? Um, you know, and that's the question. You know, they're going to get punched in their mouth really early with no, with uh, North Carolina to start yes. the week. I don't. I'm not saying North Carolina is going to beat them, but I am saying they're walking into a dogfight. I believe the game's in Charlotte, if yeah. I'm if I'm, I'm not mistaken. So, and then I think they have. I think it's. South, I think it's North Carolina, Furman, yes, Georgia, and then Mississippi State. Yes, you know, two and two. They could be two and two coming out that game with one SEC loss, and all it would take up is a, you know, a Tennessee to lose a game to Alabama. Maybe a, maybe an A and M could, you know, if Jimbo's fighting for his life or something like that, and then Georgia losing a game or two to Tennessee, which we both have them have doing, right. and you know, all it would take is one more loss, and South Carolina could easily. You know, after that portion be, you know, three losses, two yeah. losses, and you know that could be, that might be enough to give them a little bit of a, a chance. Yeah. You know, the, we both, you know, have Tennessee and we have Georgia at the top, but I, I, you know, they're definitely my tier team three in the East. So I think that's going to be the the dark horse to win the SEC. I don't have anybody out the West coming out of there. What about you, Jacob? Yeah, you know, I said Arkansas. Um, it would that that would mean you know having to go to Bryant Denny and, and beating, um. Beating Alabama, I think it's game game seven of the year. You know, Alabama usually seems to kind of have it figured out by then. I think Saban will have it figured out by then. Um, so, you know, that would be – I think both of ours were South Carolina, but I just kind of wanted to throw a twist with somebody that wasn't South Carolina, mm -hmm. and I think Arkansas would be the team that has the greatest chance, in my opinion. You know, we talked a little bit earlier, and I just mentioned it, talking about Jimbo probably could be playing for his job. You know, I think – is there any other coaches that you think was on the hot seat? I would throw out Billy Napier. But I would be yeah. curious on your opinions on that. Yeah, Napier's – this is his second year at Florida. Um, you know, it, coming from Louisiana Lafayette, you you wanted to expect more last year. You know, I don't – you know, the Sun Belt obviously isn't as – competitive as the SEC is but you know I think they were really under I think they were really underwhelming last year especially with um they started the year I beat Utah and then it was just kind of right and then you know the number three or f where did Anthony Richards go in the draft was it he went, he went four to the Colts four so I mean but still I mean they they're one of them programs where they expect to win right and if know. we were sitting here talking about South Carolina if we were sitting here talking to Kentucky if we were sitting here talking about Arkansas Mississippi State anybody else you know, two we, two years is not really going to get a coach fired unless they don't win an SEC game. But we're looking at a, I mean, a historically really good program, kind of similar to what Auburn was last year. Yeah. I mean, Auburn gave Harson a year and three quarters and said, "Get out." Yeah. And you know, can Florida be patient? I just don't know if they can. Yeah, I don't think so. Not with that storied program. You know, just you come in, you you come in as, as the head coach in Florida your first year. You, you know, you win a you win a nail biter against Utah. 
goes down to the last second, and then you know you turn around and lose to Kentucky. I think that was what the first time in in years. So, well, I, th I think it was a few years ago where they lost. Um, okay, because I knew it before. But I think end. I think they're kind of on a mini losing streak, if I'm not mistaken, or maybe okay. two out of three they've lost or something like that. Yeah, something like that. You know, with that, you know, they're big. They're big games against East teams like Kentucky, Tennessee, Georgia, um, and Vanderbilt. They they lost all of those games, and you know they 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 won a really good game against South Carolina. Kind of dominated that one, but with when you have Anthony Richardson as your quarterback, you know he goes number four. So, I just – I think um, – give me, give me a record. Throw me a record out there, what you think keeps his job. Is it bowl eligible? I think he has to go seven. And, I would say six and six, yes, bowl eligible. Because you start off at Utah, I think that one's a loss off the jump. That one's tough. Then you got McNeese State at home or McNeese and then Tennessee at home and then Charlotte at home. If he comes out of there two and two, he's got a pretty tough slate out of there um, that would leave – Definitely a tough schedule. I think he could go four and I think he could go four and four in his last eight. I think that's possible. A win. I think they could win at Missouri, win against Florida State in Gainesville. You know, just being at the swamp, I think that one's going to be tough. Georgia at a neutral site's always, you know, recently it hasn't really just been close, but I think it's possible. You know, maybe Vanderbilt at home, something like that for homecoming. You know, just I think I think he has to go at least six and six to keep his job. Yeah, I kind of agree. You know, we talked about. The Utah game, I mean, they're going to have an experienced quarterback. I believe a quarterback, Graham Mintz, you know, transferred from Wisconsin. He's played in some big games. For sure. But, you know, he's played at the big house. He's played – I assume he's played at the big house. You know, he's played at Happy Valley. He's played at the Shoe. So, I mean, he's been there. But at the same time, does he get it done in the SEC? And I just don't know that. I mean, I, yeah. I, that's I think, one of I think we will definitely know after the first, first – um, I think you can know through the first six. You know, I know you only played three SEC opponents through that, but I don't think Charlotte's going to be too too tough. But you know, they you know with that being almost a bye game for you as Florida, you know that may just be extra motivation for 49ers to come in there and upset you. You know, I just if you, you come know. out of there at the first six, Utah, McNeese, Tennessee, Charlotte, Kentucky, and Vanderbilt, that's three SEC games, and you don't have a win. Yeah, I think that seat is yeah. pretty hot. I think he might be going then. If you uh, scrolling down for me a little bit, it's that South Carolina game after they beat the crap out of South Carolina at the Swamp last year, that you feel like that's going to be a little chip on their shoulder game for Beamer. And we just talked about them; they could be in the running for the SEC at that point. So you know they're going to yeah. come in locked. Georgia, you know, I, you know, it's at the, the what is it called? The biggest cocktail party or so. I'm not sure what the what the name for it's called, but I, I know it's I know it's going to be in Jacksonville. You know, I don't really – I know it's a neutral site game, but it's it, – you know, with it being in Florida, I, that maybe gives them a 1% chance, but I think the other 99% goes to Georgia. Then you got Arkansas. I mean, we just talked about K.J. Jefferson, Rock yeah. Sanders, Sam Pittman. Both of us were fairly high on Arkansas. At the, at LSU, at Death Valley, you know they're going to play that game at 8 o'clock at night. That's yeah. just – I don't see there's no, no way they win that game. Then you feel like Missouri, you know, I can, I can only, only see maybe two or three wins on the schedule. As far as SEC wins, and I think he's got to get two, at least two or three, because if you get three, that means – and you can get either Florida State or Utah, you're bowl eligible. Right. And I think that's what that's going to take, because they've, he's been tearing it up on the recruiting trail, which might give him a little more slack, because boosters are seeing it done off the field, but he's got to get it done on the field. So um, the new coaches, we kind of touched on a little bit for Hugh Freeze. 
what is your ceiling for Hugh Freeze? In the, I mean, what do you think the best Hugh Freeze could do, and what do you think the, what do you think Auburn should be happy with this year? I think if Auburn can find a way, I have them going seven and five. But if you know, I think if you can be in that eight and four, nine and three, I think you're ecstatic. Um, you know, Auburn, Auburn is really, it's a really steep tradition in football. Um, but I think, I think if you can. I think they'll win the first three, you know, UMass, California, Sanford. And I think they'll beat A&M. Which is a tough um, task, you know. I mean, yeah, we just talked about Kyle Field, for sure. And Jimbo could be playing for his job at that point. They could sure. be sitting there at two or two and one, and we just talked about two and two might not be good enough for them. Then you go, I believe it's by – no, it's at Georgia. I mean, Georgia at home, which, I, you know. Anything t- can happen in Jordan-Hare. But, you've, I mean, it's Georgia, and yeah. there's enough said there. LSU at the Swamp, I mean, at uh, Death Valley. Kind of want to chalk that up as an L. And then I think between Ole Miss, Mississippi State, uh, Arkansas, and I'll go back to A&M at the top, if you're 2-2, two 3-1, and two, three and one, and then you take care of the games you're supposed to win with your four non-conferences, and then Vanderbilt. Yeah. I feel I feel like that's not – you could say 8-4 and four is a good season for them. Yeah, I, I mean, I could even see them, you know, if they get hot at the right time, you know, 9-3 and three is even a possibility for me. But I think I think 7-5, you know, because – you know, everybody always is going to seem to slip up somewhere. You know, I think Ole Miss and Mississippi State will be kind of middle of the pack, so I think they'll have an opportunity maybe to walk in to Jordan Hare and take one of those two. But I think eight and four, nine and three is my ceiling. And you know, you could, if we are, it's not unreasonable because in the past Auburn has struggled in bowl games. Under Gus, they were, and then of course they didn't get there at Parson, but under Gus, they have really been struggling in, in um, bowl games. So you sit there and go eight and four, and then you turn around. And beat an Iowa out of the Big Ten, you turn around and, you know, a Utah, uh, UCLA in another bowl game, um, trying to think of a good uh, – a Miami in a bowl game. Yeah. You're sitting there at 9-4 and four with losses to Bama, Georgia. LSU, Georgia. And like I said, I think it's either going to be Arkansas or I think it's going to be A&M. Yeah. I mean, that's it's hard to expect much for a year one coach in the SEC. Definitely. Um, you know, and there's a lot of hype around Auburn right now getting Perry Thompson yesterday flipped from Alabama. Um, you know, I know he's class of 24, but, you know, if they can, if they can, if they can win this year, you know, it makes everybody excited for next year. You know? I think, I think you, if you can go seven and four, I mean, seven and five and then win a good bowl game, that's enough to keep them recruits like, okay, this guy can do it. Yeah. Cause this, this roster right now, we're going to talk about a little more in the previews we do throughout the leading up to the season, but this roster right now is not really built. I hope they prove me wrong, but to compete in the SEC, in, in my opinion, and if you can turn around. And show some of them recruits that you can do it with a little lesser talent. They're going to jump on, and I think they're envisioning that right now a little bit. Perry Thomas, Demarcus Riddick, you know, maybe KJ Bolton. You never know, and all that kind of thing. Um, and it's also important to note that Hugh Freeze was the last coach to beat Nick Saban back to back years, and he did that in 2014, 2015 with Ole, Ole Miss. It wasn't that the infamous Chad Kelly off his back foot off of um, in the back. Yes, it whose was. Head was that off of? Was it? Can't remember who it hit off one of our, you know, Alabama's mm-hmm. help players. Help one of the same, yeah. I, I don't, Adabajo, is that his name? Maybe Quincy. Just so, just, yeah. You know, Hugh Freeze, he, like we, you talked about, he's done it before. Can he do it early? I don't know. Yeah. And then I think Zach Garnett is probably, I like the hire for, I mean, for Mississippi State, but it's not something they're used to. I mean, you talk about, we're talking about a defensive minded guy coming in there to replace 
one of the greatest offensive coaches of all time. And I think he's kind of been going to be put behind the eight ball at CUS. But at the same time, we just talked about uh, Kentucky being that – or and Vandy be talking about being complacent with where they are. You can get eight and four, nine and three, beat Ole Miss every – or, you know, two out of three years and be competitive with Bama. You're never going to lose your job at Mississippi State. Correct. So I think – and you have like the benefit of the doubt, Will, Will Rogers back there. So I think he's got a good shot. I have them going uh, seven and five, three and five in the SEC. But I, th- I think that's a good season for them. I think bowl eligible for Mississippi State is the goal this year. Definitely. You know, I have them at six and six going off of you having them at seven and five. Um, I said, you know, I just went six and six, like I said earlier, just because the median, you know, I, I think they're going to be bowl eligible. But I didn't want to overhype them or underhype them. You know, I just wanted to kind of go with the constant, what I thought might happen. You know, the, the, the Egg Bowl is, is in Starkville this year, right? I think so, but I wouldn't bet my life savings on it. I think it's in Starkville. I think they went to the vault last year. Yeah, I think they did too because it was, it was raining pretty hard last year. And I think I remember them wearing the gray helmets with the white. It was a great game too. Came down yeah. to the last moment if I, or a few drives. Yeah, it was, it was definitely – I think it leaned on this majority of the, the game, if I'm not mistaken. I, I could be mistaken. But, you know, not really worried about them on Thanksgiving. Yeah, the game will be in Starkville. So, I think, I think Mississippi State will win that one. But, you know, I, li- I like that they're going with um, the in-state Southern Miss. I, I, like, I like that game. I think it'll be, you know, it gives the people of Mississippi something that they want to see. And it's also, you know, I can't say this for sure, but a lot of the times when the SEC schools play the smaller schools, they give them a little bit of money yeah. to come through, which helps them tremendously. Like Auburn's playing Sanford this year, kind of same thing. You know, you feel like Sanford's going to have, hopefully to come in there and get blown out, that they're going to get a little bit of reward for it other than the exposure of just being able to play on a major TV network and all that. Um, we kind of talked – I talked about Hugh Freeze being the first – or the only – or the last time that Saban lost to an SEC opponent back-to-back. Do you see Tennessee or LSU, you know, beating Saban this year? Or let me say this, which one of them is more likely to do it? Um, that's, a, that's a good question. Both games are um, at Bryant-Denny Stadium this year. I think I'm going to lean – LSU, um, just because the year before, or the year before this past one when Alabama went to LSU and lost, um, it was Coach O's final season. You know, he was let. He would think he was let go because it was a twenty four twenty game. Because I was there, and you know, it just seemed like LSU never. It just seemed like they never stopped. I remember that. Yeah, and they had on. I think they had the ball with like two or three minutes left in the game, and they either missed a field goal or threw a pick right there at the end of the game. But it was. I think they had missed a field goal before, and I think what happened was they had to go for it on fourth down, or and they uh, either got picked off or didn't get it. But if they would have made the field goal earlier, then they'd have been kicking the field goal to tie at yes. that point, if I'm not mistaken. It was a great well, game. Uh, you know, that was – so just that right there lets me – you know, and LSU being a West opponent, you know, I know Tennessee and Alabama play – they're the – they play on the third Saturday of October, you know, every year. But I just think – I think LSU's had more success recently in Brian Denny than Tennessee has. And so I'm going to go with LSU as I think the one of those two that would knock Alabama off this year. Yeah, I think I agree. I mean, you you summed it up pretty perfectly. I'm going to just say Jaden Daniels is the biggest plus. I think Joe Milton's got more potential than Jaden Daniels. I really do. I think he talked about SEC media day. He didn't want to give the exact number, but it was in the nines about how far he could throw a football, which is a – yeah, it's a long way. It's a pretty long ways and all that. But I still think right now, Jane Daniels is going to be the – I'm not saying it will happen, 
but I'm saying he's the reason it could happen. Definitely. I agree with that. So, um, you know, why don't you just go ahead and we've been talking about it a little bit. Why don't you go through and tell me who you have, especially for the top four teams, losing to? Because who do you have? Do you have anybody going undefeated? I have Alabama going 12-0. and um, I think – I think that's a bold statement, you know, with the quarterback battle just so uncertain. You don't you don't know who's gonna who's gonna be QB one. Um, I think that's tough to say, but you know, you start off with Middle Tennessee State at home, uh, and then you get Texas at home. You know, I think that one's gonna be tough, especially you know going to um, Austin last year and and Texas giving them a run for their money. You know, I I, I genuinely think if Quinn Ewers doesn't get hurt, I think Alabama loses that game. Um, cause Sart, man, he was, he was dicing that defense <laughs> to pieces. So, but I think, I think, I don't think it's going to be as close as people think. I think it's the two touchdown game in Bryant Denny. And then you go to South Florida and Tampa, you know, I don't really think South Florida has a chance. And then, um, you know, then you get into your SEC slate. You got Ole Miss, Mississippi State, at, or you got Ole Miss at home, excuse me, at Mississippi State at a and I, I think it's possible to come – I really think it's possible to come out of those one and two. It's definitely possible, you know, if Mississippi State gets fired up under Zach Arnett his first year, you know. And then Kyle Field, you know, last time Alabama went to Kyle Field, they they lost um, they lost that game at – I think it was a 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock kickoff, you know. So, lost on the last second field goal. And then you get Arkansas at home, then Tennessee, and then LSU. So, those three back-to-back-to-back are going to be pretty tough, even though the bye week for – in between Tennessee and LSU. But, you know, the schedule is tough. It's going to be really tough, but it's nothing they don't have usually year in, year out. So I think this year, um, I think they go 12-0, and but I could definitely see them going 10-2 um, and or 11-1 and for sure. Um, what do you think, Wells? No, I kind of agree. I was going through and making a schedule. I have Bama going 12-0. When I, when, I went, when I finished the schedule, that's what it has. I think they're going to lose a game somewhere through there. But I couldn't place it on the schedule, and that's why I left them 12-0. I mean, you just talked about it. Texas, LSU, Tennessee, I'm not going to say I'm a and I'm not high on A&M. Arkansas, and I am going to say Auburn because yeah. it's a Jordan-Hare Stadium. For sure. It's the Iron Bowl. Auburn, you don't, you don't, you don't, you don't know what Auburn's going to be like coming into that. Time. They could sit there and be a 9-2 and two team, or they could be a 7-4 and four team. Or they could, you know, they could be fighting for bowl eligible. I mean, that's I don't think they're going to be there, but that could be possible. So I think Bama going to go ahead and lose one of them, but I'm not sure where. I think I have. I'm just going to go ahead and run through my schedule, um, L, or my standings. I think I have LSU going 11-1, lost to Bama. I have Ole Miss eight and four or four and four in the SEC. A&M. Oh, sorry. I have. Yeah, I have Auburn eight and four, four and four in the SEC. Arkansas eight and four, four and four in the SEC. Mississippi State and Ole Miss both at seven and five with three and five, and then A and M four and eight overall with one and seven in the um in the SEC. Go ahead and give me your West, Jacob. So for my SEC West, I have Alabama going twelve and zero, uh, eight and zero in the conference. Um, I have LSU going eleven and one, seven and one in the conference with their loss coming to Alabama. Um, I have Arkansas at nine and three with five and three in the conference. Auburn and Ole Miss both at seven and five and three and five in the SEC, and then A and M and Mississippi State both at six and six with two and six in the SEC. And I'll go ahead and go to the East. Um, I think Tennessee is going to go eleven and one with their loss coming to Alabama, not Georgia. 
going seven and one. So that's where I have Georgia going eleven and one also, but their loss is going to come to Tennessee. That's why I think Atlanta is going to be um, Alabama and Tennessee. But at uh, behind Georgia, I have South Carolina going nine and three, six and two in the conference. Kentucky at seven and five, three and five in the conference. Florida, Florida at five and seven with two and six in the conference. Vandy at five and seven going one and seven in conference. And then Missouri at three and nine going 0 and eight in SEC play. Yeah, my East is pretty uh, similar. I have the exact same thing with the exact same records with Tennessee, Georgia, and South Carolina in that order. Um, then I have Kentucky at seven and five, which I believe you also do. And then I have um, Missouri at four and eight, Florida at four and eight, Vanderbilt four and eight, all one and seven in the um, in the SEC. I believe that totals up for you having eleven bowl eligible teams. I think all of them from the West are bowl eligible. Yes, I have all seven from the West bowl eligible. And I think I have I have ten bowl eligible, which so we're pretty close to each other. Yeah, and all that. Um, you know, I think we're about to wrap up this episode. Do you have any closing remarks or anything? You. Anybody, give me a bold prediction anywhere in the SEC. It could be player, standout. It could be an upset that you see on the schedule that maybe nobody ha- has. Um, I know it – well, I I want to say I could see UAB giving Georgia a run for their money, but I think that's a lie. Um, I think it's possible. Could you they know, cover the spread? You figure the spread's going to be in the, in the 30s in the 40s, or 20s? Yeah, yeah, 40s, yeah. I mean, they could. I think um, – I think Auburn at Cal is kind of dangerous, and I and just because no, I think know, that's totally fair. Pac twelve after dark, you know those people on the West Coast they just go crazy. That game dark. is supposed to start at nine thirty Central yeah. Time for us. So you know that's going to be. I think that's going to be one of those. You know, if he can, if if Hugh can take his team out there, um, and win that one, maybe give the fan base some confidence. Just because it's an away game against the Power Five team, you know, late at night. You know, I just think it's a. I think it'll be a good little test. So that's one of, the, I guess, a bold prediction that I have. Yeah, I, th- I think that's, I think that's fair. I mean, I totally do. I mean, Saf- I mean that's going to be Hughes' first row game. You're going to have a lot of guys playing on the West Coast for the first time. T- how big does time affect that? I mean, that's right. that's people talk about it as a huge thing. No, I don't think it's as big a thing as a team from the West coming east and then playing at a, a you know eleven o'clock a.m. game, which is nine o'clock or eight o'clock out there. But I think that's it. Definitely has some kind of effect on it. You know what? My bold prediction is going to be – I think it's Will Rogers is going to be the player of the year. Okay. I, I think – or no, I, you know, I almost want to say Juckins from Ole Miss, but that I, don't think, that, I, don't, I don't think that's that bold. So – but I think this – I think if it's, it's either going to be Will Rogers or it's going to be a non-quarterback winning the SEC player of the year. That's going to be my prediction. And I think the – I think if Mississippi State is 8-4, and four, Mississippi State is – you know, could you be talking about Zach Arnett, uh, coach of the year? Yeah, I mean, that's, sure. I think that's a fair possibility. If here, I'm gonna change. I'm actually gonna change it. Okay. Either Sam Pittman or Shane Beamer will be coach of the year. That's gonna be my. Goal I like Shane Beamer. Um, you know, one that I was just sitting here thinking about. I know I've already said that I was done, but um, I think I think South Carolina will go into Georgia and win that game. Okay. I mean, I, I, I don't think that's a bold prediction. You know, I don't have it p- predicted, but I, it's something I'd like to see. Shout it's out it's the, one, the one you can most see happening. Yeah, for okay. sure. I think that's fair. Well, you know, we've been going on talking about sports for almost 35 minutes now, yeah. but I think this has been a, a great success um, in our first episode and uh, looking forward to spending the season with you, Jacob. Absolutely. Wells. thank you for having me.
Well, signing off, Wells Perrigan and Jacob Holman, this has been It Just Means Less.